breaking news on a Saturday. Miles Turner and the Pacers in agreement on a two-year contract extension in that renegotiation and extension framework that gets Turner his money, gets the Pacers their center for more years, and is the best win-win possible, I think, in this situation. We'll break it down on a bonus Locked On Pacers. Let's do it. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today it's a weekend, but you're getting a shorter podcast because big news rolling in from every corner of the internet, and I can confirm it myself, Miles Turner and the Pacers in Agreement on contract extension framework. As Shams Trani reported a month ago, talks have st- talk started. Uh, new agent for Miles Turner. A lot of negotiation as these things go. And here we are. Miles Turner and the Pacers are in agreement. So the original reporting came from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN saying two years, $60 million extension with $17 million in new money this year. Uh, Shams Trania comes in later with more specific details based on putting everything together. It sounds like here is what happened in this situation. Miles Turner's contract has now been bumped up to his maximum this season, uh, including bonuses and such. And then there's a decrease next season, and then it again decreases the following season. That's what Charania reports the structure is. So how this works is, for those unaware, the Pacers are in a unique situation this season. Them and the San Antonio Spurs have significant cap space. No one else has very much, if any, at all. And what happens if you have cap space is you are allowed to renegotiate the contract of certain players uh, who have been under contract for at least three years of a four-year deal, uh, I believe is the exact verbiage. I'd have to look into it exactly. Either way, Turner was eligible, uh, and so he was the only player on the Pacers who, during the season, could have renegotiated his contract and and made his uh, contract value this season go up. But the Pacers wouldn't just give him more money for nothing in exchange. The exchange is he has future seasons tacked onto his deal. And the way these renegotiation excuse me, and extensions work is you're allowed to decrease the salary of a player's contract this season that's renegotiated down by as much as 40% in the ensuing season. So put that all together and Miles Turner's contract sounds really high this year. It is. It's it's as high as it could possibly go, but they can decrease it by 40% next year, and it gets back to, I would think, honestly, a little bit below his market value, and then it decreases again by amount that is percentage-wise TBD, but somewhere between 5 and 8. And so in total, per many pieces of reporting, Miles Turner gets a two-year extension and gets $58 million in new money. So what this is not, be very clear, Miles Turner did not just get a two-year extension for $58 million. There is not $29 million next year and then $29 million the year following. It's probably closer to, you know, 21, a little over $21 million, um, maybe a little under. It's, it's hard to say right now. But about $21 million next year and about $20 million the year following with 
close to 35 million this ongoing season. And so it's the 17 million bump this year and the 41 million in the next two seasons. That's where you get the 58 million dollars. But the two added years are the extension part. So he was extended for two years and simultaneously gets basically 60 million dollars in new money. If you've been listening to Locked On Pacers for a while this season, you've heard me talk about this several times. One, when discussing the Pacers being below the salary floor, how can they reach it? Although the first time I talked about the salary floor was you know, really early in the season, Woj, Pod, Turner days, where this felt way less likely. And then I talked about it again when Shams Trani reported that this was more likely, given that the Pacers', Pacers season had gone awesome. Turner was in a very fitting role for him, having fun with this new team. And then we kept talking about it, and now we're here. So this is as close to a win-win contract as possible because the Pacers were below the salary floor this season. There is a lowest a floor, as the name suggests, a lowest amount of salary that an NBA team has to pay out over the course of an NBA season, and the Pacers were below it, like 14 million below it. I can't remember the exact number prior to this Turner agreement, and that number will be paid at some point. If your if your team's salary does not reach the salary floor, the NBA Players Association then decides how your organization will pay out the difference from your team salary in the floor to all the players on your team. It can be split evenly 17 ways. It can be allocated as a percentage of the cap. I don't know how it's been decided in the past, but either way, if, if your team salary is $90 million and the floor is $111 million, when the season ends, $21 million will be split amongst your players in some way. The Pacers were below the floor by an amount. So at some point, they had to use their money somehow, and here's how they did it. They could have, they can still, and they could have brought in players in trades, but then Turner's contract is still expiring. What they chose to do is use their surplus cap space to give Miles Turner as much money as they could this season, and then also get two more seasons on his deal. And if you're Miles Turner, what you can say is, I just got two years and $60 million of money, you know, 58 million, whatever, 29 million a year. You can say it that even if it's not the structure of the contract, you can think it that way you, know, you and, and evaluate your deal in a way that's like getting paid amongst the highest paid starting centers. Mark Stein tweeted it out that way after the deal was reported by many people. So everybody wins, right? Miles Turner, who last summer, if you'll recall, go back in time, exit interviews after the 2021-22 season, Miles Turner is asked, Miles, what would you tell Jalen Smith to prioritize in free agency? And Miles Turner said, get your money, man, right? He told Jalen Smith to get his money. Jalen Smith ends up resigning with the Pacers. But either way, that's what Miles Turner's message then was. Now he got his money. Miles Turner gets 58 to 60 again. Total package of deal, total structure, TBD. I'm just piecing together reporting from every corner of the internet, but somewhere between 58, 60 million-ish uh, for Miles Turner. And on two years, right? He has to be very happy with the amount of money he makes now, especially this season, and the amount of total money added, and the win, the, there's more wins for Miles Turner beyond just the money. And I think this is where everything comes together and makes total sense. Miles Turner is 26 right now. He turns 27 in March. He would have been 27 this summer as a free agent. That's a pretty good age to be a free agent, you know, right in your prime, playing really well this year. A two-year extension. I saw a lot of reaction that thought, wow, this is shorter than I thought. I thought this was the, the length that was the most likely in terms of an extension for Turner because in the next two seasons, assuming all this reporting is, is correct and he makes $41 million over the next two seasons, he will then hit free agency in the summer of 2025. What does that mean to you, the listener? Well, 
first of all, he'll be 29 at that point. That is still in their 20s. That is still young enough to get a healthy another contract, right? whether that's from the Pacers, whether that's from someone else. I don't know. That could go a number of different ways. But for Turner, that's great. The other factor about the summer of 2025 is that is the expectation per many outlets reporting. I have the athletics up in front of me uh, that I'll just read a paragraph from this story from Bill Shea. Uh, it says the NBA is the last of the five major U.S. men's leagues in line for a new media rights deal. It currently enjoys two primary TV contracts with ESPN and Turner Sports and will have paid it a combined $24 billion by the time the pact ends after the 2024-25 season. What does that mean? That means the NBA in 2025 will be negotiating a new TV rights deal and thus, in turn, if things go as it looks like they will and it will be a healthy deal, basketball-related income for the league will go up and the salary cap, in turn, will jump significantly. What does that mean for players and teams? That means 2025 is a great summer to be a free agent because there'll be a lot of money for theoretically. This is still early, but looking at it now, there'll a lot theoretically be a lot of money for teams to spend. And so Miles Turner now has gotten 60 more million dollars over the next two seasons. He can still be a free agent near or around or in his prime uh, and can stay with a team that he is very much enjoying playing with, playing very well, playing in a role that he has long talked about kind of wanting. The Pacers... Now, do not have to decide between lose Miles Turner for nothing or trade him or risk all that. They have now locked up Miles Turner uh, for the next couple seasons. They have him on a complete steal of a contract the two seasons following this, right? Talk about that in the second segment, whatever. I don't know how I'm going to segment this show because it's a weekend show. Uh, And they lock up Turner and they get to the salary floor, right? So this is a win-win kind of thing. Miles Turner's been a great member of this team this year in terms of as a person, as a personality, as a veteran, as a fit. He's played very well. Everybody wins in this situation. I think that's why this ultimately got done when it did. Still time, two weeks, less than a little now, until the trade deadline. It's all locked up. Turner's extension agreed to, not officially signed as of me talking. No announcements have been made, but you know, Tyrese Halliburton posted an Instagram story of him and Turner with some money bag emojis and tagging him. You know, these sort of, everybody knows how these sorts of things go. We'll see when it becomes official and what the numbers are. I want to talk about some other aspects of this that I think are noteworthy, interesting, that I've been asked about a lot. Uh, and then in, in Monday show, maybe Tuesday show, depending because the Pacers do play a game on Sunday that I would like to talk about, we'll talk about bigger ripple effects in terms of the trade deadline for the Pacers with the rest of their players, their front court rotation, their future cap space. We'll touch on that stuff a little bit in this short second segment, but there's so many layers to this. When you sign, uh, you know, one of your best players to a longer contract, obviously everything else now has to fall into place. We will break that down here in the second segment really quickly though. I want to talk to you guys about LinkedIn jobs as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know, that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs. With their targeting tools, they have 875 million member profiles on LinkedIn. They can put your job in front of the right and qualified candidates. You can identify them yourself on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. It's easy to screen and rate applicants based on your qualifications all in one platform. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering high-quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmba to post your job for free. 
Terms and conditions apply. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pacers your first listen today, this weekend, whatever, every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NBA to hear the latest and greatest from around the association, the games, the stories, everything. We've got it all for you at Locked On NBA, where I am a host sometimes. But now we're talking more about Miles Turner and the ripple effects here because... Look, I got this question a lot. Uh, per my interpretation, I read the CBA section about renegotiations and trade rules and extensions. Per my best interpretation of the rules, because of the length of extension being less than a certain amount and the amount his salary declines from year to year, I believe Miles Turner is still eligible to be traded this season. I highly, 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 how high of a number can I put? Doubt that he would be, but it is a question I've been asked a lot. Either way, so many ripple effects coming at the trade deadline. Pacers have their center now locked up. They also have Daniel Tice, who, according to Scott Agnes, could debut this week. And Jalen Smith and Goga Batadze and Isaiah Jackson. That's a lot of big men and not a lot of minutes, right? So that is the first obvious ripple effect to dive into in the future is Miles Turner's now locked up. That's great business for the Pacers. They should absolutely have done that. Now what happens with the rest of the big man rotation? Another ripple effect that I think is going to be worth exploring very soon is the way that NBA free agency works is if a team has your bird rights full, early bird, non-bird, whatever, you have a cap hold uh, in free agency that counts against a team's salary cap to be able to use those rights to retain that player. Miles Turner's cap hold was going to be $27 million in the summer of 2023 if the Pacers had retained him up until that point. His extension amount, per the reporting again, from Shams Charania is, you know, 20.9 million, 21 million. So by extending Turner now and not dealing with the cap hold in free agency, they have effectively opened up $6 million in cap space to use this summer. And for a Pacers team that is about to have to pay Tyrese Halberton a significant amount of money, right? Tyrese Halberton's salary in 2024-25 will be much higher than it is next season. Having that space is so valuable. This coming summer is is pretty important for the Pacers who are better than they thought earlier than they thought because they'll have to try to sign players at some point to add to that core. That is the most convenient time to do it. So by lowering Turner's amount added to your free agency books, you now have more flexibility to do those things. And the Pacers in general have a lot of options now, right? All of their good core, whatever you want to say at players, most of them, let me rephrase that are locked up for next season. They have three players on expiring contracts now. O'Shea Brissett, who's been in and out of the rotation recently. James Johnson, who is the perfect veteran for this team, but doesn't play very much. And Gogo Batadze, who also doesn't play very much, right? They have most of their team really locked up into future seasons by getting Turner's extension done. They can now breathe a little easier, figure out what they need around the core that they have, and make moves from there. So the Pacers, this is a great use of your cap space. You're now over the floor, but they still can do stuff. The trade deadline is still coming up. And again, back of the napkin math, uh, the the story here is uh, I don't have Excel on my computer anymore. So my, I still have a cap sheet, though, but it's harder to update it and share it. Either way, they still have some space to use at the deadline. They still have flexibility to make moves happen if they want to. They could add players, subtract players, whatever they want to do. That is still possible for the Pacers at the deadline. It's not like they completely shut off any flexibility they have this season, although the cap space amount they have to work with now is significantly lower than it was before this extension, obviously. About $17 million, presuming that Turner is all the way up to the max. So that's another ripple effect to watch out for, is that they're now, they now have a lot less 
flexibility heading into this deadline, but they now have Miles Turner for many more seasons. That seems like a pretty good trade deadline acquisition to me is getting a very good player locked up on a very good contract for multiple seasons. So that is another big thing here to monitor with the deadline in a few weeks. I think the Pacers did a really good job here with all of this. Like this structure is very unique. The last player who did it was Robert Covington with the Philadelphia 76ers long time ago. It's very, very rare that a team is very far below the salary cap to be able to renegotiate a contract. Not even very far. Just, it's very rare that a team is below the salary cap and has a good player who's in a situation like this because usually if you're far below the cap, your team isn't very good because you're not spending as much on it. So tying that all together suggests that, yeah, this is a very unique thing. There's a reason that it doesn't happen very much, and yet here we are. It did happen, or at least it, it's reportedly going to happen. Who knows the official time it will be signed, but Miles Turner and the Pacers have agreed on a contract extension, and there's a lot more to come from this. I could dedicate, and I think I will dedicate, this week. Very convenient timing for entertainment. You know, we'll talk about the Bucks game and the Grizzlies game probably Monday for a segment or two, but I think that the big thing here is there's time to talk about what this means for the other bigs on this team, what this means for the Pacers' potential trade deadline plans, and I'll touch on that here in a second, and what it means for their summer because there's a lot to tie that up. But that's how I would conclude this is by locking up a good player, the Pacers less likely to be sellers, I think is how I would close today's show. Just thinking about what that, what this means for their team, right? Having all these guys locked up, if they're not going to trade away Turner, which seems again, very, 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 very unlikely given that they just did this. Um, you know, wh what is the point of, of selling off random other pieces unless you need it for salary matching or anything like that. So I think that their trade deadline direction is a little more clear. They have Miles Turner locked up in a, in a on a very, very good deal. Um, they did a very smart thing. Turner, of course, gets his money and is in a, in a good position. I mean, it seems like everybody wins in this situation, but we'll see what the ripple effects are in more detail as the week progresses. Monday, again, I'll, I'll find the right structure for the show uh, based on what else comes in from this Turner stuff in coming days, what he says about it, what the rest of the team says about it. We'll also talk about, again, the Grizzlies and Bucks games, uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. Sky Agnes is going to join. We're going to talk Pacers trade deadline, what makes sense, what doesn't. Everything you need to know ahead of their deadline, even after this happened. I think this is a relevant factor. And then we'll, of course, talk about all the ripple effects in between in the, in the many segments we'll have to fill in between gamers. And this is a very important factor on the trade deadline. Many things help change for the Pacers by doing this. And this is as good as this contract could possibly have been for them to me to get it to be, you know, what it is with declining salaries in 23, 24 for Turner to be a free agent when he is the flexibility. It still provides them in the short term. Just a very, very good move by both sides and for a player who has played well and has been a total pro every step of the way. Here we are. So the Pacers and Turner agree on a contract extension and the ripple effects will be significant. And, you know, you can hear about all of them here on the Locked On Pacers podcast in the coming days. Hope everybody's having a wonderful weekend. Sorry I couldn't dive into this in more detail today. We don't have enough info at the time to really get into it. And I would like to dive in and think about more the ripple effects in terms of the rest of the front court rotation, the trade deadline plans. But I wanted to get a reaction thing up, explain it, get into more detail, think about the ripple effects. And if you have any questions, because everybody does when cap stuff comes up, I do my best to answer as many of them as I can, assuming I believe you're asking them in good faith on Twitter right here. If you're looking on YouTube at T East NBA, uh, this podcast is at locked on Pacers where hopefully I can get ahead of more stuff 
that happens because I did talk about this potential structure a few times, which I always feel good when I can explain things to fans that end up becoming the case. And if you need anything, again, feel free to reach out. Everybody have a great rest of your weekend. We will talk very soon.